what I believe is going on is the World Health Organization is now revising the structures that allowed the dissidents to upend the narrative, and they are looking for a rematch, I think. Welcome to Prophecy Views. I, I wanted to break down a an interview that Tucker Carlson recently did with a gentleman by the name of Brett Weinstein. And uh, he's a former professor of evolutionary biology. So he knows very well what makes the human body tick and the things and how are the the things that our body knows to do to fight things off. Um, how our, how our genetic makeup uh, is put together by our creator. So Tucker did an interview with him because he really became known for his deep dive into the study of, of the vaccines that we've recently ran into. And, you know, this is the type of thing that gets a channel kicked off of platforms, but I thought it was important to bring it to you. Now, it's taken me several days to break this video down because there's just so much packed into it. And um, we're going to go through this kind of slowly, but this is going to be a little bit of one of our longer videos as far as the podcast-type videos. So bear with me. Um, I'm coming to you from sunny Marco Island, Florida, and it's kind of taken this getaway, if you will, to to finish putting this podcast together. So I'm going to try to put all this out for you in one long sitting. But this very first video clip that I'm going to bring to you, again, there's so much in this, so much prophecy in this, and they don't even know it. Tucker Carlson almost became a, a prophecy ministry in this one video because he has no clue. And I'm going to bring it to you, and it's just jaw-dropping. It's a fit, the entirety of the of the of the interview is 59 minutes of what they put out and recorded in the recorded interview. And um, we're going to go through it. So it's going to take just a minute, but I'm going to break it down for you so we don't have to go through all of it. This first clip, so I'm going to lay some groundwork here. I'm going to have Brett lay some groundwork for us before we get into the prophecy part of what he's saying. It's important to understand the medicine or the thought process behind this new type of vaccine, if you will. It's, it's not even really an old definition vaccine, but you know what I'm referring to. It's the one that came out a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, and it's the one that everybody's been fighting. So, but to lay this groundwork, we're going to go through a few different clips here of Brett and explaining how this new technology works. And let's take a listen to this very first one. Here we go. And would allow this whole process to be streamlined at an incredible level because effectively all you needed was a sequence, a genetic sequence from a pathogen, and you could literally type it into a machine and produce a vaccine that was already in use, but for the swapping out of the antigen in question. It was like Legos. Yeah, it's exactly like Legos. And presumably, um, with some justification, to the extent that this technology was safe, 
pharma would be able to argue, well, we don't really need to go through thorough safety testing of the entire platform each time we deploy it. All we need to do is figure out if the antigen that we've loaded in this time is in some way uh, more dangerous than the last one. So we see how they streamline this now. All they've got to do is just change a little molecule or inside of this encoding of this uh, RNA, mRNA technology, and they, and they can streamline their approval through FDA. But we're going to see here very quickly that there are some flaws in this, and he's going to pinpoint exactly how this works. And the number of people that have taken this vaccine, but listen to, we're going to get into the flaw of it now. So there's the theory behind it. Now let's get into the flaw. But the technology itself has a terrible safety flaw that, in my opinion, never would have gotten through even the most cursory safety tests. Um, and that flaw is that there's no targeting of the lipid nanoparticles. The lipid nanoparticles will be taken up by any cell they encounter. And while that's not perfectly random, it will be haphazard around the body. Now, if they were limited, if they simply stayed in the injection site, as we were told when the uh, vaccine rollout began, that the, the vaccines, the so-called vaccines stay in the injection site, well, then the cells that took up these messages would be in your deltoid. And what happens next wouldn't be terribly serious. So if they stayed in the deltoid, the next, the, it, the implications of it wouldn't be all that serious. But let's move on and move forward. Let's take a listen. Problem. Now, forgive me, this is a little bit technical. I know that. But um, so when you become sick, let's say with a virus, some uh, particle has gotten into a cell of yours and it has hijacked it and it has started it has tricked that cell into producing copies of itself, more viruses, which affect or infect adjacent cells. And if the virus is an effective one, they will also figure out how to jump out of you, like when you cough, and get inhaled by the next person and infect their cells. The body's response to seeing a cell of yours, which it recognizes as yours, that is producing an antigen, that is to say a protein that it doesn't recognize, is to assume that that cell is virally infected yes. and to destroy it. Now, this transfection technology, the mRNA vaccine technology, as they called it, does exactly this. It tricks your cells into producing foreign antigens, which the immune system cannot help but recognize as an indicator of infection, and it destroys those cells. If those cells are in the muscle in your arm, not a huge deal. It's not good for you. You get a sore arm. You get a sore arm, presumably we might be able to measure a decrease in your strength, but it's not going to shorten your life. Very bad if it happens in your brain. It's particularly critical if it happens in your heart because your heart, for reasons we can go into if you want, has an incredibly low capacity for repair. In fact, your heart doesn't really repair. What it does, you get a wound, if lose cells from your heart, uh, your heart then scars over. That will affect your heart rhythm, your capacity to transport oxygen and CO2 around the body. It will um, potentially shorten your life. And it will also create a vulnerability that you won't know that you have. Until you're like playing soccer or something. <laughs> exactly. So, but the instructions on this shot were not to aspirate the needle. 
proper injection should involve pulling back on the plunger in the syringe in order to see if there's blood. If there's blood, that indicates that you've landed in uh, a circulatory vessel and that you should back the needle off or plunge it farther so that you're not injecting it directly into a vein. But in the case of these shots, amazing as this sounds, the advice was don't do that because it requires the needle to be in the person's arm longer, might create extra pain, and they didn't want to create vaccine hesitancy was their excuse. So now we're starting to see where it went sideways with things. The vaccines were not being done properly. Man, this is going to get me kicked off every platform. The vaccines were not done properly is part of the problem. The, the genetic makeup of it is its own problem, but if they could have localized it to the deltoid, a lot of these injuries that we see from people, uh, now we see how that's happening, and we see why we are having such a high um, rate of serious injury or even death in, in a lot of cases. Uh, healthy people, soccer stars, football players, um, we saw one gentleman fall dead on the football field. We've seen performers do the same thing. So we now see now, so the, the more people you have to inject, the more you speed this up and the less care you take in between people. Plus, like I said, they didn't want to create hesitancy of people taking a shot. So now you're starting to see where the groundwork is going, but you see why it's important to understand this. Um, So we've seen the instructions now how to do it. So then they come up with a study, and it was a very short study, and he's going to cover that right now. Joseph Freeman and his colleagues, including Peter Doshi, did a, uh, an evaluation of Pfizer's own safety data from its safety trials. These trials were absurdly short. In fact, Pfizer only allowed one month before it vaccinated its controls and made it impossible to detect uh, further harms. So now let's find out what type of repercussions we actually saw with this. Um, we're talking about um, a pretty big number of people that have had uh, death and even more that have had injury. But let's take a listen to what he has to say about it. This is jaw-dropping. I saw a credible estimate of something like 17 million deaths globally from this technology. So 17 million deaths from the COVID vax? Well, when, you know, when you scale up to billions, uh, it's not hard to reach a number like that with a technology this dangerous. Now to your deeper question, I think let's steel man. So just for perspective, I mean, that's like the death toll of a global war. Yes. Absolutely. It is, this is a, a, a great tragedy of history. So that proportion. So, wow, incredible. Some reported estimates on the conservative side of 17 million people have been killed with this vaccine. And they still cover it up. They still won't let you talk about it. This video may very well be banned on certain platforms. They're covering it up. So now do you start to see the conspiracy and the way the world government is going to be in the time of Revelation 13? This 
government has got to get control of the population. And we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But I do want to be fair about something. So he does bring up a fair point about the pharma industry. And let's let's go ahead and put that in because I think it's a, a very fair point. Think about Think about it this way. Pharma on a normal day is composed of people who have to become, even if they were doing their job exactly right, they have to be comfortable with causing a certain amount of death. Right? If you give a drug to people, if the net effect is positive, but it's going to kill some people who would have lived if they never got it, somehow you have to sleep at night having put that drug in, into the world. And, you know, we want, if we had a healthy pharma industry, we would want them to produce the drugs that had a net benefit. And that benefit includes some serious harms. So now this is the point. We've laid the foundation. I feel like you probably got it. You've got an understanding of the foundation of how the vaccine works, and probably all future vaccines, and, and how they, we're going to get into this in just a minute, but how they restricted certain medications. You weren't able to get a hold of it. I experienced it myself. Um, so they put the kibosh on cheaper medicines that they weren't going to get paid big bucks for to push this new medicine. But now they have the ability to do new things with this new medicine, like control and track and that sort of thing, um, vaccine mandates. So we're going to change direction now. We're going to we're going to bring this all back in to where it relates to Bible prophecy. And I believe the WHO, the World Health Organization, the WHO, is going to play a big role in this end time prophecy of the Antichrist being able to control people with the one world government. And so the, the World Health Organization and their pandemic preparedness plan um, really is going to start driving that home. And, and we're getting ready to cover that, that right now. So while us podcasters are reaching millions and, and listen to this, while we're us podcasters are reaching millions of people, they're reaching and they're vaccinating in the billions. So how do you how do you reach people? Scripture says we won't be able to. A lot of people are going to be under the thumb of the Antichrist. And the, proph the prophecies in Scripture always come to pass. But that doesn't mean you and I can't get a heads up and say we're not doing that. You can do to us what you want, but we're not doing that. But let's take a listen to this to this next part. What I believe is going on is the World Health Organization is now revising the structures that allowed the dissidents to upend the narrative, and they are looking for a rematch, I think. Um, what they want are the measures that would have allowed them to silence the podcasters, to mandate uh, various things internationally in a way that would prevent the emergence of a control group that would allow us to see harms clearly. Um, so that's the reason that I think people, as much as they want to move on from thinking about COVID, maybe stop thinking about COVID, but do start thinking about what has taken place with respect to medicine, with respect to public health, with respect to pharma, and ask yourself the question, Given what you now know, would you want to relive a pandemic like the COVID pandemic without the tools that allowed you to ultimately, in the end, see clearly that it didn't make sense to take another one of these shots or to have your kids take them, right? We want those tools. In fact, we need them 
and um, something is quietly moving just out of sight in order that we will not have access to them the next uh, time we face a serious emergency. Now remember, Revelation 12, 14 shows that the United States, the two wings of a great eagle, will be protecting Israel from the face of the serpent. So we're going to be going up against that one world government entity. However, um, you can see that we are already on the precipice of losing a lot of our liberties as we speak. How far down that road are we going to go? Will we be able to regain some of these liberties once we turn this ship around? You can turn the ship around, but regaining liberties from a government that doesn't want you to have them is not an easy thing. I mean, you've seen before when Trump was in office, the CIA and the FBI went totally against what he wanted them to do. So I don't know where we're going to stand by the time we get to the final three and one half years as far as liberties go to speak, but this will be one of the more preferred nations to be in. Having said that, we've got a lot of listeners in Europe, and if you're in Europe, you're going to need to really keep your eye open because you're going to be under the boot heel of the Antichrist, and I'm sorry, but prophecies must come to pass. You're going to lose the majority of your liberties. You will be under his full reign and under his full control. Let's take a listen to um, kind of starting to put all this together now. The World Health Organization and its signatory nations will um, be allowed to define a public health emergency uh, on any basis that having declared one, they will be entitled to mandate remedies. The remedies that are named include um, vaccines. Uh, gene therapy technology is literally named in uh, the set of things that the World Health Organization is going to reserve the right to mandate, um, that it will be in a position to um, require these things of citizens that it will be in a position to uh, dictate our ability to travel. In other words, passports that would be predicated on one having accepted uh, these technologies are um, clearly being described. It would have the ability to forbid the use of other medications. So this looks like they're preparing for a rerun where they can just simply take ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine uh, off the table. Uh so the World Health Organization took mental, took a note of how things were handled during the COVID-19 pandemic. And they said, we're going to put a stop to all of that. And so uh, they are now putting into place methods of losing your liberties, having full control over nations to where uh, they won't put up with that anymore. You will comply or they will crush you. And prophecy says that. So um, let's take a listen to um, kind of how they're, how they're planning to do some of this. Let's take a listen. So we are now seeing, I believe, something that even outstrips William Binney's description because it's the turnkey totalitarian planet, right? The World Health Organization is above the level of nations and it is going to be in a position, if uh, these provisions pass, to dictate to nations how they are to treat their own citizens, to override their constitutions. 
Now, with this current administration in the White House, with Biden occupying the White House and the Obamas in full strength behind him, what direction do you think this country will go in the ratification of something like this? Well, they're all for it. So they will push for it. And the downside is our vote happens in November for a new president. Now, you can't vote your way out of tyranny unless we get somehow get control of our election system and, our, and the election counting and get this election fraud squashed. I'm just putting every bad thing you can think of in this video. But um, so we vote in November. The new president won't take office until January of next year, January 20th of 2025. So no matter what the scenario is, we won't have a new president. We won't potentially have a new president until January 20th of next year. So the Biden administration would still have full control between now and then. And we know that they are for this. They are pushing this globalist one world agenda. So the WHO is voting on this, the World Health Organization, they're voting on this pandemic preparedness plan in the spring. And I want to say it's in May, um, but we're, we'll need to keep an eye on the date on that. It's either April or May. So they're going to vote on that. We're, they're going to have our full blessing. Now, the good thing is it's going to be something similar to a treaty. So hopefully we'll be able to back out of it and pull away from the hooks of the World Health Organization. So I'm not sure how all that's going to shake out other than to say the eventuality is that it appears that we go against the Antichrist and the one world government in that final three and one half years. So all of these spirits have been pushing one world government for, for centuries. And now it's all culminating into this. So all of this stuff you see, this, this transgender community, this LGBTQ, um, this rioting, all of this stuff that you see, this fornication and every, there's a whole laundry list of things that are just blown up and in your face and have been accelerated in these past few years. It's because these demons know that their time is short and we have an indication in scripture that they know about how long they've got, that they've got about 6,000 years, but they, they know about how long they've got and they know that time is drawing short. And so they are accelerating their plan. They're pushing it in happily with the minions that are in our offices right now are, are different le levels of government. And so we've got to take our government back so we can be that great eagle's wings that protects Israel in that final three and one half years and goes against the face of that serpent. But let's take a listen. Um, if the U.S., uh, what will happen if the U.S. ratifies it? So if this is ratified or signed on to by the United States in May, six months from now, um, that sounds like that's it. We don't know. Um, I will say I have very little hope that the U.S. will derail this. I have the sense that whatever has captured our government um, is driving this as well. And so, in, in effect, uh, the U.S. wants this change. It will, in fact, you know, in the same way that the Five Eyes nations agree to mutually violate the rights of each other's citizens because that was not prevented in any of our constitutions, I think the U.S. wants something to force it to violate our constitutional protections, and the World Health Organization is going to be that entity. 
Now, here's the cool thing. Tucker Carlson now says the prophecy part. He culminates everything right into prophecy and almost exactly quotes scripture. And he comes up and he's talking about war and pestilence. Who talks about pestilence? But it's almost like he's pulling it right directly out of Matthew 24. And we're going to take a look at that scripture. Um, Matthew 24. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. And we've talked about this many times on this platform. Uh, that kind of the part where we are right now in the timeline, if you will, of Matthew 24. But the other thing to keep um, aware of is what you just heard Brett say. The one scripture that came to my mind, because who can stop it? Who can stop the who? And I know that sounds like a Bond movie or something, but um, he was talking about who can stop this. Well, Revelation 13, 4 and 5. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave them power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with them? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue. And here's that final three and one half year period. So we know that this is the wrapping up of things for that final 42 months to continue for 40 and two months. So the part that really jumped out at me was this, who can make war against him? They are going to have so much control over the nations in Europe and, and nations across the world for the most part. There are a few exceptions to that. But they're going to have so much control that, that people will be saying, who can, make, who can make war with them? And they'll worship, they're going to directly worship the beast and Satan himself. And we're seeing some of that now. Let's listen to Tucker, though, on this final clip. I'm going to hand it over to him, and then we'll be right back. Hang on just a second. Listen to Tucker. So I, I just want to end for a few moments on, your, on the overview here. So you have all these remarkable things converging in a single 12-month period. You have war, pestilence, political unrest, <clears throat> apparently unsolvable political unrest. What do you think we're looking at in the West? Like, what is this moment? And how does it end? Okay. So I stopped it there for a reason. Where does all of this end? I'm not going to let Tucker finish it off. Although I would encourage you to go ahead and go over to his X platform and listen to that full interview. It's about 59 minutes. So we've gone through it multiple times and picked it apart just to come up with these highlights. But where does it all end? So scripture says, Jesus' name is a strong tower and the righteous run into that, to it and they are safe. That is your only hope, is to be in the name of Jesus Christ and to be covered by his name and by his blood. So what happens to the Antichrist and the false prophet, but specifically the Antichrist? Daniel 11 gives us an indication of that. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. So friends, we're going to have a tough 
final three and one half years in that reign of the Antichrist. But remember, we're going to also see a time of tremendous revival. Scripture tells us that those that understand among the people shall instruct many. And that's simply all we're doing. If we can lay out what's in front of us and what's expected to happen, that there's a peace in that and knowing truth. So friends, I would encourage you to prepare for what you can, but just to make sure that you're saved and born again. Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born of the water and of the spirit, or you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. So friends, I would encourage you to find a good Bible-believing church and become a part of it and get underneath the holy name of Jesus. Friends, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you.